Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hey y'all, it's Brittany, and this is For Colored Nerds, the weekly show where we peel back the layers of Black culture that we rarely discuss in mixed company. This week, Eric and I chatted with Maya Cade, the creator of the Black Film Archive. We got into why she started the collection, what it means to be a Black film, and how looking into our cinematic past may have the answers we've been seeking in the present. Let's get into it. All right. So first, before we do this, I think it's the first time we actually really get to do this, and probably everybody else is gonna feel very, um, feel very annoyed. But we we, we have a fellow Howard alum uh, on the call. <laughs> yeah, gotta celebrate. Shout out, H U. You know, we won't be. You know be, exactly. You know, y'all can't yeah. see us, but we doing. There's a little hand thing. Everybody be doing. I'm doing the hand yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, Maya, welcome, welcome. Mm. I would tell. Tell people a bit about you real quick. You tell me if I got it right. You are an audience development strategist at the Criterion Collection. And if for folks who might not know, the Criterion Collection is, is, is a media company that has committed itself to licensing, restoring, and distributing important and classic and contemporary films. We're going to get to the good stuff in a second. There's something else. Uh, but before we get there, could you just tell us a little bit about what you do do uh, at, the, at Criterion? Yeah, sure. At Criterion, I manage social strategy and email strategy so anything from what's the best way to get this to our audience kind of questions to how do we reach a new audience so (laughs) (laughs) all of those things across is is what i do and with the support of my wonderful colleagues so yeah amazing awesome so we invited you here today actually not not necessarily to talk about that. It's very relevant context and experience. Uh, but we I invited you here to talk about a project you did in your off time. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it seems like you have been working pretty furiously to create this, <laughs> what for me felt like a, almost like a singular gem of a catalog. Literally. The Black mm. Film Archive. Please tell us what is the Black Film Archive? Yeah, Black Film Archive is a living register of Black films from 1915 to 1979. And something that just clicked in my head when you said singular, I something I really want to stress is I don't think anything is a singular vision. Mm. Not really. It can't be. Like, I think Black Film Archive is possible because of the work of Black film scholars. It's possible for the people who care deeply about Black films the people who've written deeply about it, who, you know, the artists, the creators, all of it, (laughs) that it's possible because of that work. Um, And my intention with Black Film Archive is really to make 
Black films accessible. I no longer want to hear people say, oh, but like, we only have this kind of Black film or we have that kind of Black film. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> it's not true. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I, I do this with Black people in mind as I do everything. So, yeah, that's that's a little bit about Black Film Archive. Wait, so why did you decide to start the Black Film Archive? Yeah, um, I think last summer there were all these conversations, and I'm referring to the Black Lives Matter protest summer. Mm-hmm. Um, last summer now sounds confusing, but <laughs> last summer there were... Yes, yes. 2020. <laughs> 2020 summer, that should ring a bell. Just yeah. one or two. Yeah. And I have a terrible sense of time. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like last summer, you know, but last summer I, um, I really, as these moments, we were having these conversations about what blackness is and this kind of black trauma in film conversation started percolating more mm. than it had before. Cause it, it existed, but this idea of our blackness on screen is so limited And I kept having these conversations with my friends and I'm like, I see this wealth of black representation, if you will, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in black films past that I'm like, the girls aren't seeing it. (laughs) They're not, (laughs) it's not clicking for them. (laughs) And I kind of was just like, okay, Maya, like, I think this is your, your moment. And Mm -hmm. that plus black film really sustains me. And I think in a moment where, there's just so much, like, I was very isolated. I live alone. You know, I was away from my community. Yeah. Um, my friends sustained me. But black, <laughs> what I could reach was Black film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I invested just all my free time into it. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> and um, this is the result of that investment. Um, and I think often about something my grandmother has always told me. is just the knowledge that you have isn't really anything until you share it with someone else. Mm. And so I'm thinking, okay, I know all of this. (laughs) These conversations are happening. Let me share this with other people. And what is the best way to share it? Um, It started as a Twitter thread last June. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's not enough. Anyone can list films. BuzzFeed has made a killing off that, right? (laughs) 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 For me, I, I wanted to give that context and, and make, Black Film Archive in its first iteration, the kind of place where, you know, everything else I can do expands and people don't get left behind in those conversations that I want to have, Mm -hmm. which are a little bit more in depth, a little bit more like, what does representation even mean? You know, like Mm -hmm. all of those, all of those things. I I don't want people to feel like I'm having this conversation without them. Mm. So. One just shout out to grandma because that <laughs> you know it's, you don't know anything until you share with someone that that's that's sitting with me a little bit. Okay, so you mentioned you described something that I think a lot of us experienced. You know, last summer we, obviously we were you know watching the news. The news is pretty horrible every day. Uh, you know, stepping outside, things are extremely volatile. You know, depending upon where you are in in the in the world in the in the country. Uh, and so a lot of people dove into the streaming, the, you know, the streaming networks that got some some coin. Like folks were, <laughs> folks were watching because we just needed, a lot of times needed an escape. I'm curious, like, at what point did you start to, like, at what point did it go from 
uh, I'm diving back into, you know, rewatching, rewatching kind of old black films that's making me feel good to, uh, you know, you know, my grandmother has like, you know, given me this calling <laughs> where I know a thing and, you know, I need to, I need to really work to share that, to share that with the world. You know, I think I was in lockstep, honestly, because <laughs> the Twitter thread started June 2020. You know, I often really think about we don't the fact that we don't own anything on Twitter. Yeah. Like mm. Twitter can disappear tomorrow. Yeah. Like all of that, I you know, all of the threads and this, that, and the third, like all of that you write on Twitter, you don't really own that. Mm-hmm. And taking ownership of not to say I am the black film scholar, but taking ownership of what it means to build a community offline, <laughs> you know, yeah. not offline because it's, it's still a website, but off someone else's platform is, yeah. is really was the turning point. That really was the, you, why are you teaching someone something on someone else's doorstep when you have your own home, you can welcome people into. Mm. So that was really the, okay, girl, <laughs> you need to, <laughs> you need to, you know, build your house brick by brick and open the door. So. I wonder, how do you, how do you, like, how, what constitutes a Black film? That's really an essential question. And that's where I started. So mm. <laughs> I think I, as I was building this list, I was like, you need a map, you need a framework, mm-hmm. you need you know, you need a guiding point. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. So (laughs) I really, I think that the films listed in black film archive have something significant to say about the black experience. Mm. Some films also, you know, have a, the black writer, a black director. It really is a direct response to, okay. Like, Blackness is a binary. It's this or that. Mm-hmm. And when, and I don't see that. I've never seen that. Mm. So I'm kind of just like, okay, sis, or whoever, whomever. <laughs> <laughs> You're just listening to my internal dialogue. <laughs> um, it's just kind of like, okay, like, here you go. Here is Shaft alongside Shadows. Mm-hmm. Here are some Black films that you've never heard of. Here is the black exploitation black exploitation movement where pe- black people are putting taking black representation to their own hands and it, that is almost mirroring today's black film boom um and here is also a place where i'm laying the foundation so that eventually on black film archive when you go to the 1970s it's going to have this paragraph about what happened in the 1970s mm-hmm. what happened in black film in the 1960s why is this important to you what what kind of films are you know the film of the day the representation of the day um but also i am hoping that people uh stop thinking of representation as like the most important thing mm-hmm. for a film <laughs> to me and i know that, and it, this might sound like a contradiction to people but i i promise you it's not representation is important. Yes, we can all agree. I yeah, think so. But sure. it's not everything that a film should have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's some there's some movies where we are there. They are not great. <laughs> we, not they, too much beyond that. <laughs> yeah, we're You know we what I there. mean? It's the minimum you can ask. Mm. Like, and also when when the conversation begins and ends a representation, like you get film. Let me not. <laughs> I was gonna say, let me not. 
Neighborhood. We can shave some folks if we need to. <laughs> you know? This is a safe space. Other people will eventually be led into it, but yeah, but <laughs> you you get films that just see blackness as such a flat thing because the only price the price to admission was just oh black people are in this. Yeah, we need to we can, we need to ask for more. Hmm. Like, do I want do I want a film that just says? <laughs> this is a black queer film because they're black queer characters, but it has nothing significant to say about blackness or queerness. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was my little tangent. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's such a it's such a great point. Like, and it's one of those things. Like, you kind of, I feel like that's why this question is always kind of wrestled with. Because, mm-hmm. you know, so for so many, for, there are a lot of people where representation is enough, you know, like I feel like they they feel starved and like, you know, the I mean, the reality is like we, we, a lot of times we barely been in film and like they had access to uh, opportunities behind, you know, behind the camera. And so for a lot of people that does make a difference. But, you know, I think when you're, when you are trying to assess like, okay, what does black, like, what is it, like, what does black feel mean to us? You need more than just our existence in black film yeah. to be able to, to answer the question. So, like, yeah, that, that that tracks for me. Also, too, it's like it if you have very like even um, representation behind the camera is is very important. But additionally, not every film made by a black person actually is meant to say something important about black people. Yeah. Um, I don't want any yeah. names because I don't want to. I don't want to get any. I don't want anybody to say that I'm misreading their work. But there are some people. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. You know, yeah. there are some people. There are some people who make movies who are black, but make movies that aren't in any real way about black people, which is their choice. I'm not saying that they have to do it, but um, it's like I mean, good for them that they're working and they're they're making what they want to make. But when I think about canon. If we keep that as the only definition, then that leaves out all of these. It, it leaves the color purple out of the mix. It leaves boomerang mm. out of the mix. Oh yeah, it leaves and a I- bunch of films out of the mix that actually are, you know, things that sort of like contribute to our cultural shorthand um, in a way that maybe like some other films that are made by Black people but not actually about Black people uh, might not be. Hmm. I think something else. I wrestle with all the time is that <laughs> the like black people can be agents of white supremacy mm-hmm. and their films are a manifestation of that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said all there was to say. <laughs> you showed up today. <laughs> so I'm sitting so so when I'm like, you're talking, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Because <laughs> I think it's important to have those conversations too. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think one, I think every film's a miracle. Yes. It takes, and especially by a black person, mm-hmm. it's a miracle. And I respect the artistry of getting films done mm-hmm. deeply, deeply. But I also understand <laughs> that people bring their whole, their whole selves into filmmaking and no one is above critique. And that's why Twitter conversations are becoming very flat. <laughs> because we're all talking like about film as if it's not above critique. Mm. As if 
do you think that I would critique something if I didn't want it to be better? That if mm. I didn't love or invest myself into it? Yeah. Why would I be talking about a film <laughs> if I and and you know and wrestling with the ideas that it presents? If I didn't want the filmmaker to do better next time, if yeah. I didn't believe they had the potential to do so. If you didn't respect them and you didn't have some hope for them, then you wouldn't waste your time. Correct. And when we can't acknowledge that in digital spaces, conversations are flat. They're not worth having. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Tito's handmade vodka had been mixed with its fair share of cocktails. But one night, a chilled glass topped with lime and cranberry would change everything this bottle knew about happy hour. From the producers of America's Favorite Vodka, it turns out the cocktail you've been waiting for was right there the whole time. The Tito's Rom Cosmo. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll sip with Tito's. Coming to cocktail parties near you at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. I'm wondering why why does the archive begin at 1915 and stop at 1979? 1915 is just the current oldest black film streaming. Mm-hmm. Um there are films from 1890 that just aren't streaming wow. or before 1915. Mm-hmm. 1979 is um the stopping point for a lot of reasons. I think, you know, in 1978. The Wiz was a financial failure. Um, Which one is of hard my to friends. process yeah, in like, like, hindsight because yeah. of what it means. But yeah. Mm-hmm. it's. I mean, this is a film. I think if, you know, I think um, this is the most expensive picture at the time. You might have to fact check me on that. Um, but major Hollywood studios use it as a reason to stop investing in black cinema. They mm-hmm. said, okay, we got Motown. We got Diana Ross. <laughs> we got Michael we got Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah. We got, you know, all these people and black people didn't show up. They use it as that reasoning and also a measure of white appetite for blackness. Hmm. 
Mm. as the exploitation era is coming to an end and there, you know, there's now trying to be different ideas of what black and sunscreen looks like from studios, studio investment itself. They're saying, Oh, the girls don't want this, (laughs) but (laughs) we're going to, we're going to call it a day. Um, So that's really why it's 1979. And also because I started thinking about 1980s and the films that are available in the 1980s, a lot of people know, Mm. (laughs) a lot of people are intimately familiar with like, and also the 1980s ushers in a different kind of era of black cinema. You have the independent black feature coming into its own. Mm -hmm. You have the LA, LA rebellion in California that shapes ideas of blackness just differently. Not that those don't exist previously and, and with the films listed, but the LA rebellion, that's kind of its own thing that, and, and all, and many of those films aren't available so <laughs> to stream. Um, and then the later eighties, you also have, you know, do the right thing. And a lot of uh, films that we all know and love and, and play on content rotation and BT. Um, <laughs> so it, it just kind of felt like a natural, natural stopping point in, in all of those ways. I'm curious, like, what what was your favorite part of kind of putting this together? Like, I had many internal debates about very granular level things. Mm-hmm. Like, the first question being, what does the resource I want to build look like? Mm. How does that resource make people feel? Are their feelings supposed to be a guide? Mm. How do these films relate to each other on screen? Mm. And how should that look? I just, something you, like you saying that actually connected that like, right. Yeah. So much of that is an emotional, like Mm -hmm. deep thing. But you're also like, you are engaging and thinking about that from the point of view of the consumer, like from the person who's going to be actually like from the audience. Um, Mm -hmm. And not in the way that like a streaming platform would, where it's like, they get to know the audience intimately so that they can present them through an algorithm or whatever, they can present them the content that they want to direct them toward. You Mm -hmm. are kind of creating a space where the audience can be self-directed and finding what they want to find. And also too, even I think about like the taxonomy that you use, like black exploitation is its own category. Yes. um, Mm -hmm. Because it is a specific type of film. I think that, how do I put it? Sometimes I get the sense that, that um, mainstream streaming platforms um or even like i don't know like at like the the like in real life level like maybe sometimes programmers or different um like film preservation or you know whatever theaters and things like that that play like older movies and stuff like that sometimes i think people would even shy away from a category like that from black exploitation because they might think it's inappropriate or racist you know sometimes like why people think why people think anything with black in it <laughs> Well, I think overcorrection is racism, right? Yes. Say more about that. When you say, I can't do something because I don't want to upset imaginary blackness, Mm. you're overcorrecting. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a racist instinct. Um, But I think that curators, though, just also take a step back. (laughs) (laughs) They have a a curate, like, I think often uh, curating... For if you're at a, a film, uh, if you're at a theater or an, a film institution, mm-hmm. 
they have a lot of interests to speak to. Same thing with streaming. Mm-hmm. And Black people aren't always the first interest, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, but I would... <laughs> I hope on my site, it's clear that this is only for Black people. White people can see it. They can enjoy it. Sure. It's not what you in mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's so... <laughs> like that we work by that ethos. <laughs> see it literally. It's literally... <laughs> Feels very comfortable, like, like a warm blanket. You know, <laughs> and I think the, yes, it's a self-directed tour. I think it has to be, right? Yeah. So often we're told what blackness is, what it will be, what it can be, what it has been. But we all have intimate, we as in black people, have all have intimate relationships with blackness. Um, and I think you are the guiding, you know, I like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I I do things with trust that people know how to do for themselves. And that's the place I start. That's the genesis for me. That's I'm not I'm not trying to force feed you anything. I trust you to intake things as you need to, as you will, as you want to. Um I'm giving you the information. I think, you know, as this becomes bigger. Things will change, but that will remain true. <laughs> you know, I think I have really big plans for the site. Like this is genuinely iteration one. <laughs> there are a lot of things ahead, but I think that's gonna that that will re- that will certainly remain true. Truly, I'll be honest. Even for me, you know, like I was really hyped when I saw. I was like, "Whoa, this is awesome!" Because I, you know, like I said before, I, I mean, I'm on the struggle daily, uh, and <laughs> you know, and so like kind of going into the site and browsing the site I just kind of real I was just like wow this is like a, such a cool experience because like there was not I kind of usually when you're browsing through the you know through that A to Z there's a lot of like no nah, no 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 but I wanted to I wanted to click into each one you know like mm-hmm. I was so thirsty that I was like I was like fuck everything is here and I'm seeing things like you know that I I was really into and you get just such a kind of great um cross-section of you know like you know movies like you know and and you might see a gem you know like i found the movie uh ali fear eats the soul on um i think it was on netflix or something and i remember seeing that Mm -hmm. and just watching and being like you know like whoa uh but that was yeah amazing movie (laughs) amazing movie uh but like on your website i felt like i was seeing i felt like every row was just all Ali fear eats the salt. Everything was a gem. No, everything I, was like a discovery of that level where it's just like, oh, if it like the way it kind of feels. And like, okay, so like, you know, we all went to Howard. I went to Howard. My degree is in film. <laughs> and so I was like steady just watching movies all the time, talking about movies all the time. Halle Green was my professor. This is all, this is, this was my, this was my life when I was young. And so I have like, you know, I there's a lot of books that I've read interviews with all these different filmmakers and stuff like that. Like, it's something that I care a lot about and something that I try to know a lot about. And still, browsing your site felt like, so many of the movies felt like doors to, like, a new portal of, like, like a different way of looking at life. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That I couldn't believe that I had been without. Like, I don't know. I think for all of us, I'm sure you feel the same way, Eric, that, like, if you really like, to love movies is to, like, like, is to 
love having your like your like it just it it just opens up a different pathway for yeah. how you can see the world and to have to have that happen so consistently <laughs> looking at your site um and also Eric and I were talking about this earlier like it's such a not to say that it was simple or uncomplicated to make. We knew that before we spoke to you. And obviously we know yeah. that having spoken to you now. But like, it's a very simple idea. Like it's something, it's because it's something that should already, like, like it's a thing, it's a resource that like, I wish I had had already in my life. Like when I was 19 and I was in school. I mean, ultimately I ended up like not going into the profession for a variety of reasons. Recession being one of them. Um, but also like, it was so difficult for me when I was younger to like be able to marry the ideas of being like black woman and filmmaker. Um, because for people who think that I'm very young, this was before like <laughs> Issa Rae and Ava DuVernay. <laughs> like, I think I will follow came out when I was in college and I, and I saw that, but it, I, it was so cool to be able to look through this, like just browse through the website and just see, it was like a total, just whole world, just, scrolling past rows and rows and rows of whole worlds that I didn't even know were possible. Oh, and they already happened <laughs> a long time ago. That's, that's the, that's all it's about, right? Like that's the feeling I was, I was really hoping for. So many of our film greats are, especially the early ones are kind of appreciated or, or celebrated in hindsight. You know, mm-hmm. I think about names like Kathleen Collins, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Burnett. Uh, and not to say there hasn't been any uh, scholarship or celebration of their work, um, but it, it, I feel like it typically happens as a retrospective. It's, it, it typically is somewhat removed from the, the like um, the height of when they might have been been creating. I, I guess I'm curious, like, in what ways do you see like Black Film Archive as highlighting or recontextualizing? And, and I know like both of those both of those words you know, could mean a lot, but I'm curious as, you know, yeah. What way do you see Black Film Archive as highlighting or recontextualizing the legacies, you know, of certain actors or filmmakers, um, you know, from our history? Yeah, that's a question I'm actually wrestling with now because something I'm working on is grouping actors and directors to have their own pages. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm building out those pages and I'm, I'm pondering, okay, what do I want to say about these people, right? Like, I think, I think, like, very hard about all of this because every word on the site is written by me. Um, and so, I mean, naturally, the answer is yes, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, I think when people's work is splintered across streamers, it's hard to to really measure their impact, right? Mm. If you, like, see an Oscar Michaud film on Canopy and then you see one on Tubi, you're not really thinking about the the weight of his work. Um, or even people who have two works, like Kathleen Collins, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, her short life, Birth, one of the most influential independent Black films ever. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think it's, I think that question is to be answered though, from my opinion. Like, I think that's one that's evolving to me. I don't think there is a concrete answer to the impact that Black Film Archive can have on the reexamination of the weights of these people. Like, I think that's, that's something that's ongoing. Um, 
I, I mean, what I, my hope is, <laughs> is really what I can answer, which is that you see the people here and you understand, or you begin to understand that they made this with you in mind, that they, you know, oh, oh many of them <laughs> made this with you in mind. They, they cared about you. And I think so often these, a lot of these conversations about uh, black artists is the assumption that it's, they did this to make, or they, that this was only, um, con- consumption, um, uh, commodified. That this mm-hmm. is only being commodified. Mm-hmm. Um, but for many of the early pioneers, this is, this, this couldn't have been a commodification. This yeah. is, this is their, this is everything that they had. They put into this work. Um, and I think our conversations about the, like the fullness of blackness on screen exists because they dared to do so. So that's, that's, that's my short. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, just, um, for, even just for me, like, um, going through and seeing like a couple of Spencer Williams films, like Mm -hmm. Spencer, I did not realize like he played Andy. I mean, Mr. Andy, I did not realize that he had a career as a filmmaker and a director after that. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, you know, I did some research, which I was spurred to do because I saw all of this on the Black Film Archive. <laughs> I saw that there was like an effort to recontextualize his films like, you know, uh, 20, 30 years ago. But um, mm-hmm. I could just say even for me personally, like, like w- what you're kind of doing with this is like creating a like a pathway for audiences to discover these films and to engage in different people's um i guess like bodies of work and like mm-hmm. that feels significant and, and and i wonder like what's your hope for what people take away from being exposed to so much film history that's flown under the radar <sighs> maybe i'm being too humble <laughs> my hope talk your shit you- the price is way yeah, up. Exactly. The price Please. has changed. T- yesterday's, yesterday's price is not today's not price. Not today's price. Period. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what I hope people take away is genuinely, we cannot have flat conversations about what blackness is. There's just, there's just no way that that can still exist. It, it can't. It's done. Please throw it away. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. I will not be party to it. Don't tag me. Don't at me. <laughs> like <laughs> I have no comment. Like I just, I just, I know. But really, I think that it's time for a new conversation to start, mm-hmm. and it's time for that conversation to have the history of black film in it. Mm. When we have conversations devoid of history, they're circular. They can't go anywhere. Because black fu- black film's future, like the past, really is going to be the thing that carves out the future, right? Mm. When we have a full understanding of the past, the future seems so much brighter. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, what I'm I'm really hoping people take away, at the minimum, is what you're hoping to do might have been done before, and if you take a moment to look at the past. You may see that you can have inspiration to do a new thing, to dream a little bit bigger, 
have your dream include a little bit more people. Mm. Well, I said that I would leave y'all with a fact about me that many people don't know. Uh Are you ready? Yes. Are you you buckled up? Yes. Okay. Yes. When I was seven or eight, (laughs) I was in a little film called Big Mama's House 2. Um, <gasps> are you serious? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Hey, what? You were in uh, Big Mama's house too? They shot it in New Orleans. Um, there's a scene, uh, it's an opening scene, and it talks about fire safety. I'm about to embarrass myself. Oh, I'll be straight up with you. We're going to cut this in. We, are, we, we will cut absolutely it find this. We do you have a line? to do that. Yeah. <laughs> You can see a little me in a pink shirt. I'll help you. I'll make it easier for you to find. A little me in a pink shirt, little glasses. Um, yeah. And in the opening scene, in about, I would say at two minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. Uh, uh, it's, it's about two minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of Somewhere when. Hmm. What is so the time like, code? If only I knew. So there's like a fire safety demonstration. Martin Lawrence sets himself on fire um and oh i just revealed my age can we cut my age out oh, <laughs> i was you younger <laughs> uh, but i looked like a child so i guess people will have to use their imagination but anywho <laughs> yes i was younger <laughs> i was in the front row of this little fire demonstration um so my history with black film is obviously it's ordained <laughs> It's literally ordained. Seriously, like, I mean, you were touched by the best, Big Mama's house. What, like, yeah, what you were never like going to, to fail to walk in your path. You know, to, to have been always walking in your path. <laughs> Tell me how how to get there. Uh, Maya, I can't thank you so much for seriously. giving so much of yourself, not just to the Black Film Archive, but also to us in this moment. Oh. I mean, Big Mama's house too. What a revelation. A revelation. That was me. And you'll see, like, oh, that's Maya. And it'll be a second. You'll be like, <laughs> I know her. I'm sure in the update, Big Mama's house is Big Mama's house too, excuse me, will get its own page. Well, when you expand uh, the when you expand the Black Film Archive, okay, and you put it out to 2010 and you yeah. add Big Mama's House too, you can include that in the in the and, copy. And I'll include the photo of me. You have to. as the Please photo. Do. Oh my god, that'll be the gift that you saw. <laughs> Thank you so me. much, Maya. We won't this was amazing. Seriously, this is Thank amazing. You so Thank much. you so much. We're so happy to get to talk to you and we're so grateful for the work that you're doing. Oh, real quick, tell people how they can support the Black Film yes. Archive because currently it's both free and self funded. Yes, it will always remain free wherever I go. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you can support the Black Film Archive by subscribing to the Substack. You can donate via PayPal, which is on the Frequently Asked Questions page. Um, you can also support by sharing the word. Like, I don't think all support has to be monetary. Mm-hmm. I am just really thankful for any support people have to offer. You can tweet about it. There's a person who tweets about it daily who I say thank you to every day because I am very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, all support is welcome. All support people are able, you know, leave from where you stand kind of thing. Um, (laughs) yeah but i'm really thankful for you guys like this has been a joyous conversation and my first podcast about the black market there you go but it won't be the last i can tell won't be the last won't be the last won't be the last 
For Colored Nerds was created by me, Eric Eddings, and Brittany Luce. It's supported by our production team at Stitcher, including producers Alexis Williams, Willis Arnold, and executive producer Camille Stanley. Casey Hofer is our technical director, and Peter Clowney is head of content. Our theme music is by Willie Green. And look, y'all, we love hearing from our listeners. We love y'all so much. So please connect with us and tell us what you thought of this episode. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at For Colored Nerds. And never miss an episode by following us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.